Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I got to go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new vintagey colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. Now it's time for How Did This Get Made? We're gonna have a good time, celebrate some failure, not just be a hater. Can't you know you wonder how did this get made? Let's wallow in the mediocrity of subpar art. Perhaps we'll find the answer to the question, how did this get made? Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to a How Did This Get Made mini episode. We're doing something a little bit different on this uh, mini episode. We normally, we're talking about the movies that we just watched, the movies that we are going to be watching, but we wanted to do a special bonus episode to talk about something that we thought was an interesting topic. Um, June and I have been obsessed with this documentary series, Scientology and its Aftermath on a and It's fantastic. If you haven't watched it uh, when it was first on, it is now on Netflix and you can kind of catch up all together. Um, the show really breaks down what is going on in the world of Scientology. And June and I were talking about maybe bringing that show to our show and talk about how Scientology affects Hollywood. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Battlefield Earth, but we're also going to talk about how um, Scientology has focused some of its attention on recruiting Hollywood actors and um, kind of putting them at the forefront of telling a story about 
how success and Scientology are tied. I, I'm very excited about this conversation today. And um, we got to sit down with the hosts of the Emmy-winning uh, Scientology and its aftermath, Leah Remini and Mike Rinder. Now, to give you a little bit of a backstory about both of them, uh, Leah was raised in Scientology and wrote a New York Times bestselling book, Troublemaker. Um, Mike also was raised in Scientology and became a senior executive and uh, was the international spokesman for Scientology before escaping in 2007. Um, They are the co-hosts of Scientology and the Aftermath documentary series, and now the Fair Game podcast. Uh, So please welcome Emmy-winning Leah Remini. And look, I think he deserves one too, Mike Reiner. All right. I have a question though. Uh, This is, this is, we're showing picture, right? That's why I'm all dolled up. No, this is Okay, good. Because I was going to give you a note about the open door. Uh, No, I was doing press all day. I have another thing that I got to do. I would have looked like shit, uh, but I I just... What I'm You're not going to believe this. I can look I'm better seeing. than this. If no. I knew I was going to well, be Well, don't be an video, asshole I because actually... I think you actually look fucking gorgeous. And for this you to say, like, I can look better. Lighting, like, I never want to move from this spot. <laughs> okay. But I would have even looked like, better. Like, this is my best. Had I like, known this is my fucking like, best top. Footage. This is just top. audio. You look beautiful. But that bedroom <laughs> is bothering me. <laughs> it's This is not a bedroom. This is, what that's, is it? that's just a, that, this is a. What am I seeing behind that door? No, behind the door. That's right. Yeah, that is Sorry. a bedroom. Yeah. Is that not an unmade bed? That's what it is. That's an unmade bed. Wow. Listen, can't do it. we're doing the best we can over here. <laughs> wow. Can't. <laughs> so. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So, yes. Leah and Mike, Paul. Sheer, who is here with us, knows that I've watched Scientology in the Aftermath. I, I was going to say religiously, but that word feels wrong. D- but yeah, just correct. so you know, when I finished the entire series, I simply restarted it from the beginning and watched wow. it all over again. And no I think, <laughs> thank you. I think for me, yeah, um, the narrative of the show really interrupts the kind of cultural narrative of, ha ha, this is so crazy. Scientology is so nuts. Can't believe Tom Cruise is into Xenu and all of Mm -hmm. that stuff. And it starts a new conversation that for, well, at least for me was very new about widespread abuse, sexual, physical, psychological of children and adults. And there's so much for us to cover during this conversation, truly. But my personal interest in why I was so excited to have you both on and really uh, spread the good word in whatever platform I have in my life is being a part of an industry um, and living in a city that upholds this institution. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to start a conversation today by really talking about... um, Hollywood and the the film industry and, um, you know, we could spend an hour talking about why Elrond has set his sights on celebrities to amplify this uh, quote unquote religion. But I'm yeah. more interested really in current day Hollywood and why the church has been so successful in recruiting actors and directors and writers and why specifically as a culture, yeah. we're waking up um from a really long slumber in terms Mm -hmm. of naming abuse, why Tom Cruise has mysteriously stayed above the fray and see, you know, Scientology still um, is kicking in, in this town. So I know that I just laid out a lot of framing, but 
I don't know, Mike and Leah, if you want to. Yeah. Well, I, th- thank you, by the way, for your support of our series. It means a lot to us. And, and I, yes. I thank you uh, for, for, for doing this today and for having us. And, I, and if I may start, Mike, I, 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 I wanted to spell something, and that is that Scientology does not have a hold on celebrity. If you really think about the amount of celebrities that are, or just the amount of actors that are working in Hollywood, uh, this wouldn't even register on a scale, mm-hmm. the amount mm-hmm. of, of performers that are involved in Scientology. And I, uh, I, I think what has happened, what Scientology has done successfully is its PR machine. It makes you think that. They have one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, Tom Cruise, as their spokesperson. And uh, I think that that has a lot of impact. Uh, and it also has a lot, you know, he has a lot of responsibility, which, like you said, I, I don't understand why he has escaped the fray. I can only say uh, that people, some people are just so caught up in kissing celebrities' asses. And, mm-hmm. you know, he is Tam freaking Cruz. It's not like he's not, you know, a, a legit actor. And mm-hmm. uh, he certainly has a an impressive resume. But it's hard for me and Mike and for people who have been abused by Scientology. I mean, Scientology and abuse, you know, they they are synonymous. But I, I, I don't think people really understand the scope of how how deep the abuse goes in Scientology. It's it's literally written in their scripture abuse. Um, and he is very much second in command in Scientology. Mike, anything you want to add to that? Because I, I don't know if I, I said anything that, yeah, I, sometimes I miss important points. No, I didn't think you missed important <laughs> points. But I, I think that also, if you look at Hollywood today versus 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, it's a very different climate vis-a-vis sure. Scientology today mm-hmm. than it was then. I mean, you you can also look at the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and how the entertainment industry protected oh, sure. him and other mm-hmm. abusers because they ha- they made money. They brought in audiences. They ha- and they had these organizations that supported them. And Scientology still has the organization that supports Tom Cruise and Travolta and the you know Elizabeth Moss. But the the attitude in Hollywood and generally in in American society has mm-hmm. changed pretty radically. And I think that the attitude that people have towards Scientology has also changed. And I think June made the point that Mm -hmm. it's no longer just a laughing thing of Tom Cruise is a kooky guy that jumps on couches. Mm -hmm. It is now seen as this is a source of actual abuse, Mm -hmm. that Scientology, its very existence is continuing to allow abuse to occur, and people are much less inclined to accept that these days than they were 10 years ago, where that sexual abuse and and other abuses in the entertainment business was swept under the rug with horrible, monotonous regularity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I just want to say that the one thing that really brought it home for me, and I think it was when I read that, um, that very epic uh, Scientology book that came out a a, a little while ago uh, where it was this idea like people go, what's it's everyone has their own quirks in their religion. And I just want to like that, the defense to that is, but, 
no religions are associated with this amount of abuse. And I think like, that that, yeah, that is the big well, thing for me. Yeah. Yes. There's also a few other points to bring up. It's, do you know of a, of a real religious uh, organization that has a price list? Right. Yeah. Do, do you? You don't? No, no. Okay. So Scientology has a price list. And we keep saying this to people. They're shocked. I'm like, just Google it. Just, you don't need to believe me. Mm-hmm. Just look up Scientology's price list. You have to prepay for your services that cost minimum hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's if you're lucky. Okay. Right. Um, and you, the requirement to be a parishioner is two and a half hours a day. And if wow. you don't come in, they will call you. They will show up to your house. You are put on their lie detector test and asked why you haven't been there. Who have you talked to? Have you gone on any websites? Have you, is there, you're talking to anybody who's anti-Scientology? Are you talking to your mother who we told you to disconnect from? And so on top of that, Mike was the head of the department in Scientology that goes after people once they have spoken out. So if you, let's say Mike is in the CEO organization, he, he's an employee of Scientology. I was raped in Scientology. I was molested in Scientology. It is actually called, defined as a high crime in Scientology because they, they have their own laws. They have Scientology law, which is above the real law. And this is the writings of L. Ron Hubbard. Um, I'm not allowed to report that to the police if I was molested or raped um, because Scientology teaches that if if those things happen to you, that was your fault. Uh, So they put you on the meter and say, have you ever raped somebody in maybe another lifetime? You're forced to find these things on their lie detector test. You're forced to Mm -hmm. admit to things that are asinine. And why we do it, that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Um. But if I did report this crime to the police, Mike's job as the head of the Office of Special Affairs, which is part of Scientology's organization, is to destroy my life because I reported a crime, because I spoke out publicly against Scientology and their abuses. His job was to come after me, was to slander to to set up websites on every uh, on me, have all of my family members who chose to stay in Scientology over me, and his job is to silence me and to destroy utterly. I'm quoting. This is the directives of Scientology, and that's why we have a podcast called Scientology Fair Game because this is what they do every day, all day. Do you know of a church? that has an organization that is solely dedicated to destroying people who are talking about their abuses. Yeah, it's so incredibly disturbing. And I do encourage everybody to check out both the podcast, but also um, the show, which is streaming on Netflix now, because uh, it's such a deep dive into, um, and it's so historically researched and there's so much information that's coming at you, mm-hmm. but paired with um, some really heart-wrenching and haunting testimony from survivors. And that is where I think the show is so impactful and successful because 
once you hear those stories, you walk away with those stories and you're yeah. changed and yeah. it's hard to look away. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'll share with you, Lee and Mike, my own brush with Scientology. Okay. Because when I, and this is why I'm so curious about Hollywood, because yeah. when I first came to LA, um, Paul and I were dating and we, uh, I had no money and I had no car. And I would have Paul drop me off for these cater waiter jobs up in the hills. I did cater uh, a party for, what was his name? Paul oh, Reiser. Stop, stop not to brag, not cater, to brag. Everybody can still be comfortable gig. around me. I'm okay. just a regular it's gal. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. She doesn't make her like bed. <laughs> she doesn't make yeah. her bed in rental properties, just like everybody else. That's what Everyone you need else. to hear. So yes, I, she Paul passed up mini paid <laughs> I would drop me off. I would go to these parties knowing like I got to make friends and make connections here so Mm -hmm. that someone will drive me home. (laughs) Okay. Wait, so Paul didn't pick you up? Wait a minute. Paul didn't pick you up? Because he was doing comedy shows at night. Gotcha. So I had Uh, to find my way home. So, I mean, he picked me up once or twice, but I knew like, it's on you, sweetie, to (laughs) make some friends here to get home, to Mm -hmm. literally get home. Work it out. So anyway, long story short, I, um, the cater waiter company called me and said, we have an event at the Celebrity Center Mm -hmm. and it was the big one. I don't know. Maybe you guys, you would know the timeline better, but 2006, the big. Well, the big one is what? Mike, the gala, right? At Celebrity Center. It was a gala. Yes, it was a gala. Because this is when we're all. August or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So for those those of us who are listening who know the Upright Citizens Brigade, where Paul and I, you know, came up in, in Los Angeles, the building across the street, Celebrity Scientology Center, I went to to be a cater waiter for that gala event. Now, I had to arrive three days earlier to do some sort of an interview, Mike Grinder. I don't know. To this day, I don't know what it was. Okay. You know, I signed something. Um, there was some sort of, a, again, to be a waiter, And I could not understand what was happening. And then we had to arrive early. And I was taken to the apartments next to the Scientology Center, Mm -hmm. which was my first inkling that something is wrong. Why does the Scientology Center own all of these buildings? Mm -hmm. And why are they all empty? So I got ready in my white shirt and my black pants at one of these empty apartments. Then I went in. And the cater waiters from the company were mixed in with Scientologists. And I was paired with a Scientologist who, you know, we were splitting a section together. And I said to him, you know, I missed it. They had some meeting at the beginning. Of course, I wasn't listening. And I missed what the what the entrees were. And I said to him, I was like, I can you go over what the meal is that we're offering these people? And he said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, I can. But what you have to understand about Scientologists is that we're such amazing people that no one's going to care if you don't get it right. And I was like, oh. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's incredible. But shouldn't I know? Like, is it fish? Is it chicken? Like, just the basics. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. And he went into a full pitch. Right. And I was thinking back at that age, I mean, it's going to be shocking for everyone to hear this, but it was some time ago when I was 25 and I was so sort of taken with how inviting he was, Of course, how, you know, how, how 
welcomed, I felt. Yes. And how he was describing a group of people that would accept my failures as a waiter with open arms happily. And um, I look back on it and I'm like, wow, I can see how it happens. Yeah, well, it's the love bomb, right? I mean, it doesn't start out with, hey, we want to tell you our secrets and it's going to involve you having spirits, that your body's made up of spirits. And this all happened, you know, 75 million years ago with a war, you know, uh, what was it? What was it? What are they calling him? Uh, An evil uh, galactic overlord, Lord Zenu. Zenu. They they, (laughs) they don't start with that, right? So it's like, you know, Paul had... I guess actually gave me when I was writing Troublemaker, I said, you know, please do us all a favor, Leah, and and please make the first three chapters of your book about, uh, you know, how you got into Scientology, why you stayed in Scientology. Because I'm so tired of people saying, like, how stupid are you that you were involved in this? And, right. you know, we were all, you know, first of all, I was brought in as a child. Um, and then people said, yeah, but why did you stay? Well, again, you know, it's a, it's a long subject to cover. It's not easy to just say why we stayed, but, you know, it's a slow indoctrination of, of communication courses. Like Scientology likes to combat the fact that we say the truth about what it costs by saying, well, we have these courses for $35. You know, it's like, right, but that's not even like, don't, that, that's just the carrot. That's not even Scientology, right? But right. it starts out with these basic human, you know, values, morals, like, you know, things that we already know. Kindness, love and family Mm -hmm. and all of these things that everybody agrees with. Yes, not so dissimilar to the job that QAnon has done with um, well-meaning people, Mm -hmm. which is the Save Mm -hmm. the Children campaign. That's how they get them in. Save the children. Children are at risk. Oh, okay. Right, right. It's very similar. It's a, but it's a cult tactic, right? Yeah. Is to find a common ground. I mean, L. Ron Hubbard wrote policies on how to uh, is, um, uh, affiliate yourselves. Like Scientology's job, all of our jobs was to recruit, was to you know get uh, associate ourselves with real charities. You know, common. Never it says never discuss Scientology. Always discuss things that are common ground. I mean, it, it's laid out mm-hmm. how insidious it is, because that's what they're trying to do is infiltrate government, infiltrate uh, the uh, education, religious organizations, uh, religious. Right. You know, associating themselves with politicians, and so this is all part of the big PR campaign, and that's why we keep talking about it because it's not genuine. We know it's not genuine. We were in it our whole lives. <laughs> uh, what I was thinking about with Battlefield Earth, right, which just seemed to me like this big step into, I mean, obviously it was, uh, you know, it was a book, but also like a, a step into like, let's make a blockbuster. Let's make a Star Completely. Wars and and do it in a way where, oh, well, what is this book? Let me find out who writes this book more. And it, like, and it was so interesting to see that that was a plan that didn't necessarily work it but it did get through one step at least you know which has got made well, well yeah, you know the, paul yeah. l ron hubbard said that his name whether it's on a fiction work or scientology is what's important that mm. by people finding out his name and reading his fiction works and finding something that they enjoyed about them that they would then take the next step of going and Oh, he also wrote this book called Dianetics. Let's mm-hmm. read Dianetics right. or right. this book, Fundamentals of Thought. And this is a very, very deliberate strategy that L. Ron Hubbard 
devised and Scientology continues to push to this day. Do you know that there is still a, quote, literary agency for L. Ron Hubbard that tries to push his fiction books? And it's part of the Scientology. These people that are in that organization are C organization members, the most dedicated Scientologists on planet Earth. And they are all in this little organization called Author Services, Inc., which is right there on Hollywood Boulevard, just down from the Chinese theater. I uh, passed and, it because the, the, yeah. the window is full of the books, right? It's all uh, yeah, exactly. right. Yes, yes. And yes. they are continuing to push L. Ron Hubbard fiction as a way of getting people interested in the subject to move them into Scientology. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you basically like leave it a little bit like you leave the the trail of breadcrumbs to find Scientology. You like it, you like it, and you get involved. And I think what I was so kind of amazed at is, you know, here we are, obviously John Travolta is is the lead of that film, but there's a, a, a bunch of people in that movie that are not Scientologists. And I was thinking like, that that must have been a bigger like bridge to, you know, to cross because it's sort of like, well, you know, you're doing some sort of propaganda in this world, right? Or, or is that is that? I don't like, or think is, they yeah. did. I mean, I, okay. I, be, I don't think people at that time. I don't think information was as available, and okay. I think that people were still scared. Uh, but also, you're talking about actors, you know, who right. who like want to work. You know, what I mean, you hear John Travolta, yeah. and their agents are like, "You're going to do this fucking horrible film." You know, right. like it, like I had to show up to the premiere of it, and I, you know, went to my scene. I told my husband, "I'm getting the fuck. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. This is so hard. I can't." <laughs> and for that, by the way, for that criticism, I was promptly interrogated on the meter at my expense of being critical of Elvon Hubbard. Critical wow. meaning I was. Uh, it, I, it wasn't favorable. The same with Tom. Anytime I had been in one of my, you know. My counseling in Scientology, if I made even the slightest comment about Tom immediately, my, you know, counseling session went from like trying to help me to what are your crimes against Mr. Tom? What are your what are your crimes against Mr. David Miscavige? What are your crimes against mankind? What are your crimes? And like I'm sitting there crying. I have to take back what I said. And this is what Scientologists have to deal with day in, day out. If you ever say anything about Tom or David Miscavige you are thrown into this interrogation of which you cannot leave. And if you do leave, you choose to say, hey, you know, throw down the cans and leave, you know, your family's called in. They'll say Leah's in trouble. You need to help her. She's anti-Scientology. She's an enemy to mankind. And I just don't think people really understand Mm. what Scientologists have to go through because, again, the brainwashing starts very young. And if you choose to leave Scientology, you're, you will lose your family if they choose to stay. You lose your job. And then you get a nice website on you, and then the attacks begin. They go, start going through your garbage. They start uh, sending PIs. They send threatening letters from lawyers. I mean, the, the highest paid lawyers that money can buy. This is all tax-exempt money. Uh, they are... Uh, bullying you, they're they're stalking you on Twitter. They have accounts on Twitter that are solely dedicated to attack people who have been victims of rape, uh, abuse, and and on all of. So you know, it, it, I know that we like to. It's a very hard for me to continue to take some shit right when it's when we're talking about time because uh, 
you know, he's, like I said, he's a, he's a well-established actor. I mean, I can't take that away from him, but it's very hard for me to, and, and the same with John, you know, John Travolta was uh, made aware of all the abuses that were going on with the children of Scientology that continue today, the abuses that were happening to Sea Org members like Mike. And you could see all this in Going Clear, and there's many websites, there's many articles written about this, the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, CNN did an amazing five-part series, Anderson Cooper, on the abuses. And John's reaction was, I don't care. Mm. Scientology helps me. And that is the mentality of most Scientologists. And it was hard. And I was so glad, Leah, that you spoke up when the Tom Cruise COVID rant hit right. the hit the airwaves. Yeah. Because I was so actually, Mike Rinder, it's how you and I started talking on Twitter, but I was so right. uh disturbed by the reaction to Wait that. a minute. You didn't see that as a brave act? Of Tom, of protecting his crew from dying from... You didn't see that as a just uh, an amazing a display of bravery and manhood? <laughs> to me, it was like, oh, this is actually a classic uh, abuser rant. Like, cla- like classic. Everything yes. about it was um, public humiliation and the leader coming down from on high to scold and who has all the power in the world, punching right. down, down, down at people with very little power. And can I tell you something? Just, can I tell you something? This is the way that I was raised. The way he was, was nothing. Not, that was actually a watered down version to what mm-hmm. Mike received every day of his life from his best friend, David Miscavige, Tom Cruise's best friend. Physical abuse day in and day out. And it's still happening. Mike and I were raised, like I was telling you guys, Scientology teaches you from a very early age to accept abuse. Scientology teaches you to be abusive. That is the way that I talk to people. And I Mm -hmm. thought it was normal. This is the way all Scientologists talk to people, to children, because Mm -hmm. they don't believe children are children. They think they, you know, they teach that, that, you know, that children are adults in little bodies that have come back. So that is the way I was raised. I heard that. I was yelled by Tom like that. Just being in his house for dinner. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting because what better world to have that in than in the world of entertainment where, like Mike, what you were saying, like where it, that is already part of the system. It's yes. part of the game. And it's also you're looking for validation sure. and you're willing to accept that for going forward. I I was I wanted to bring up that I would, you know, go to UCB Theater, which is right across the street from Celebrity Scientology Center. And there's always like a voiceover class hosted by like Nancy Cartwright. You know, like there are these these classes and, and they're bringing in actors. And I feel like it is such a smart way to kind of bring in people because they are communicators, but they also are people, I think, at the most part, looking for this kind or willing to subject themselves to some kind of uh, of this behavior or abuse. Yeah, it's very easy as a struggling actor to to sort of have that sort of poverty stricken mentality of mm-hmm. like I'll, the desperation, I'll take whatever I can get. Sure, sure. Well, also associating yourself with the Tom Cruise or hopefully associating yourself because Scientology puts that out very heavily. They promote these people 
heavily, heavily, heavily. And the implication is if you come across the street into Celebrity Center, you may just bump into Tom Cruise yeah. or Elizabeth Moss or uh-huh. Danny Masterson or one of the other uh-huh. neat people we have hanging around here. And you oh, may that, that <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh- <laughs> Now, I mean, listen, it, by the way, big, is that true, question, though? though, Paul? I have to. Is okay. that true? I know I did see a couple of celebs. I certainly saw a lot of celebs at that gala. But um, mm. do you think that I could still be cast as a love interest <laughs> in a Mission Impossible movie? I got I to be honest with you. I mean, I in this to... lighting, if I did a self tape, Leah, in this lighting. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. That's Absolutely. Cool. Now, listen, Absolutely. because you're not actually like they would say technically she she, uh, like these guys were really more victims of mike and leah you know like you guys were you corrupted us we we we, we've corrupted you let's be clear i did ask you to join this show but okay (laughs) yes no but 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 you're saying but you're in it yeah okay yeah but but you can imagine the interview that you would get before that right right I understand that everybody that surrounds Tom Cruise or John Travolta or Kirstie Alley or those people are all Scientologists. So there's no way, Mike, he's sitting sitting down. I'm sorry to interrupt. He's sitting down on a press day. Not a single reporter can say, hey, children are being abused. Not a single reporter. No, they get thrown out. Or they, yeah. or if they believe that they are going to ask those sort of questions beforehand, they are precluded from doing the press junket. Yeah, there right. are reporters like John Sweeney, who has done a couple of shows about Scientology, or Brian um, Seymour in Australia, who's done a, a series of them, who are literally banned from attending <laughs> any mm-hmm. press junket. For any Tom Cruise or John Travolta movie. Well, th- like I, I remember hearing there's another actor, not a Scientologist, uh, someone who was involved in something that was very scandalous. And I remember hearing their publicist say, well, if they ask him about that, then I cut them off from X, Y, and Z. Right. Yep. So it's, yep. and I remember reading a thing and I could be wrong on this, but like Tom Cruise had a legit Hollywood non-Scientology publicist. And when everything kind of went off the rails is when he transferred to more of a, 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 a somebody his in the sister. organization. His sister. His, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. His sister. And that's when, yeah, and that's who's a Scientologist. Yeah. 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 It was Pat Kingsley. And at the time he was pushing heavily on Scientology on all of his press. And Pat was telling him, look, the studio is paying for you to promote a movie, not promote Scientology. And David Miscavige had a fit about that and said that Pat Kingsley was trying to suppress Scientology. And Tom Cruise ended up firing her and replacing her with his sister, a Scientologist who took over his PR from probably the leading Hollywood publicist yeah. of all time mm-hmm. to be replaced by Leanne, who, frankly, I was very close to her, but she ain't no leading Hollywood publicist. Mm. She is a Scientologist before anything. And that's, and, and Tom Cruise's career then went into the jumping on Oprah's couch, Matt Lauer interview. All of that stuff happened very shortly thereafter. And he is, he actually, he's never recovered from that. 
And, and, and the other thing I want to point out is, you know, we talk very harshly about uh, and speak out and will continue to speak out very harshly about the truth about Scientology and those who back it. But there is a, another side to that is that Tom is a victim of what we were victims mm-hmm. of as well, right? Believing and being brainwashed into believing that what he is doing is justified. And they don't believe in, you know, this lifetime, they believe that you're going to, you know, come back into another body that's born into Scientology or the Sea Org, which is the employees of Scientology. And that is truly what they believe. So there really is no value put on this lifetime. There's no value put on family. Um, so that's why it's very easy for Scientology families to disconnect. Uh, if somebody dies in Scientology, it's like, all right, you know, they literally look at it like, eh, he'll get another buddy. We'll see him soon. Like, there's just right. no, mm. if you're crying about that, it's kind of looked on like, what are you a fucking idiot? What are you doing? Mm. Like, the person's going to get another body. You know, it's like very, so I, I think it, 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 you know, in this, con- I just, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, he is a victim, but at a certain point, you just have to kind of look like, like I did, like Mike did, like many others did, right? We had to say, like, I thought it would be enough for him to to wake up when he realized, like, I'm not allowed to see my daughter. This doctrine says that I'm not really allowed to see my daughter in a real way. Maybe, you know, uh, Mike, how would you explain that he he's allowed to have a relationship with his daughter? Like, very well, it, it's um, for publicity purposes. Yes, mm. and it, it, literally. It's, I mean, uh, it, it, if they can get a story in People Mag with Tom and Suri doing something or other one time every three years, that's acceptable. But other than that, if if he was a normal person, that he would have no contact whatsoever mm. with Suri at all. And you know, I think about Suri and all the children who. Uh, how how do you explain that to your daughter one day? Your father chose a crazy cult over having a relationship with you. I mean, how, how, you know, sons and daughters don't understand that, you know? And so anyway, I I want to say that because there there is a piece of me that feels compassion for them. But at the same time, I'm like, you have to see what they're doing. You know, your own technology, you know, Mm -hmm. that you, what you believe and what you believe is horrible and abusive. Mm -hmm. But can you be so cut off and I guess this is what I remember, because when I first started being interested in Scientology, I would yeah. go to like this website called like clambake.net. You know, it was yes. very hard to kind of find yep. information. Yeah, yeah. And but there, but what I think is so interesting is like that you're cut off, like right? Like you're not supposed to look on the internet, you're not supposed to talk to people. Like, can you be this cut off? Or were you when you were there, were you this cut off? Like yes. I, I guess and I yeah. was working. Yes. I was on King of Queens. I mean, I would, you know, to get you're on a, a person computer, in the world, yeah. Understand that I was going in every day after work, like being on right. set and then going to Scientology to put in my two and a half hours. Now remember, you believe, you've been brainwashed to believe that going on the internet is connecting up with the enemy of mankind. Like literally mm-hmm. the enemy of mankind, right? So if I accidentally clicked on something, I would feel the need to confess that the next day because I was always on that meter within 24 hours. I was right back into Scientology. And, you know, their point was like, why would you look at things that are, you know, trying to hurt your church or, you know, uh, you know, these are religious bigots, Leah. Why would you, like, why would you want to look at all the good things we're doing? And then they would show me all the front groups. And then I would think I'm a fucking asshole. Like, why would I do that? And so you cut yourself off purposely. 
mm-hmm. Paul. But but for people like Mike Rinder or Sea Org members, they don't even have access to the internet. I mean, they don't even have access. Like they block they they block what you see. You don't have your own cell phone. You don't have it. And again, your family is usually all Scientologists. Your job is you're, you're working for a Scientologist. So where's your safety net? Where where can you go? So yes, I was completely shut off purposely, purposely, but, because it's a prison also, of belief. Yeah, go ahead. Right. And also this bubble, that mentality is the same mentality as you're talking about a, like QAnon. Anything that is actually contradictory is dismissed with mm-hmm. bizarre reasons why mm-hmm. it's it's all lies, but it actually people in Scientology think that everything that is said that is not the party Scientology line is a lie. Is a lie. It's mm-hmm. it, it's just made up stuff. It's just ridiculous. There's no way that this is going on. That's crazy. And they will dismiss it out of hand. And, you know, even my brother, when my brother came to see me at one point in a sort of an infamous incident that happened, I said to him, Andrew, do you, and he's a very, very devoted Scientologist, do you have any idea what's really going on at the International Base of Scientology and what David Miscavige is doing? And he looks at me and he goes, I don't Mm -hmm. care. That's he can the do truth. anything he wants. It's cognitive He can do anything dissonance. he wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and by the way, we would open, like, welcome any person who left Scientology with open arms to help them. We would and, talk and, to them and without now. without rancor. With mm-hmm. a, like, with no, oh, you, look, we did horrible things. We all know that that. People who've been in Scientology have done terrible, horrible, regretful things. Holding that against them is not part of our shtick. Yeah. Like, we want it to stop, but we don't hold any of that against any of these right. people. Right. We just want it to stop. Yes. Well, what I was going to ask, two la- final questions, which yeah. are, one, how did Tom Cruise and David Miscavige form into the same person? Like, I'm just, I, I've, I've watched the show. It seems there was a morphing of two individuals into one that I'm just curious <laughs> about. They now look alike. They speak mm-hmm. alike. That I mean, that's just, that's just odd. So My- there's that. Yeah, okay, Mike, question? do you want, well, yeah. the other one is, is more, you know, we talked about the bookstore, but it's just about LA real estate and yeah. Paul and I live in LA, um, you know, the housing crisis in Los Angeles and the houseless crisis in Los Angeles mm-hmm. is, uh, so hard to see and to be a part of, um, how many people are falling out of housing situations when you drive around Los Angeles and see the amount of real estate mm-hmm. that Scientology owns mm-hmm. and sits. I mean, we have one Paul. in our neighborhood, Paul, that Empty. sits there. I've never seen more Empty than buildings. two cars in the yeah. parking lot mm-hmm. um, when so much could be happening there. In my point of view, mainly um, housing uh, for L.A.'s crisis that we are in. But yes. how... Uh, what do we do about that? And and I guess that really leads me to the last question is, what can we do? There's so many people listening to this podcast right now. What's well, one action take, we can walk away with? I could take the second question, Mike, and, and if you want to add anything to it, and you'll take the sure. first question. Okay. Sure. Uh, yes. Great question. Uh, you know, the reason why churches have tax exemption 
is because they're supposed to be providing a service to the public, right? Uh, and you bring up a, a, a great point about not only the crisis that we're in now, but also the, the what we're dealing with with, with the homeless, homeless population. Uh, and uh, Scientology does none of that. It uses its $3 billion in tax-exempt money to hire the best lawyers, to go after people, to destroy people. They have the best lawyers in every city, in every town, in every state, in every country. They spend millions and millions of dollars a month on these kinds of activities of destroying people's lives who are spoken out. And I think that's a great question that you should ask the IRS. Why they continue to allow Scientology, the tax exemption, the, their tax exemption, when they should be looking into it as they were. And the way they gained, uh, and Mike well knows because he was on the team that did this, the way they gain tax exemption is by stalking and harassing yes. the individual IRS agents right. Who were investigating the bulls? It's crazy. It's like if you could, it's fucking literally yep. makes me want to take. If a, there's any episode to watch, I would yes. watch that one because yes. it is. It's how it's the reason for the season. It's how this all happened. It's how they have, in my point of view, this much power is that tax exempt status and the yes. way that That's they did the that. Only it's the only reason. Yeah. So when you say. Is there is there a collective movement to call the IRS? I think Los Angeles, you know, Angelinos should absolutely get behind this, considering what's happening with real estate in L.A. Yes. and the crisis that we're in. Um, what are the steps there? And has the show, has the IRS reopened anything? Is anyone looking into that? Mike? Well, they ne- they never tell you if they are <laughs> or they aren't. But I don't believe that they are yet. And the way that the IRS acts in circumstances like this, they have to be dragged kicking and screaming to To do something something. because they are a scared of Scientology, B, have egg on their face from having granted them exemption Uh in the first place, and C, they are a massive bureaucracy. And as anybody knows, the definition of a bureaucracy is something that you just can't get moving in any direction Uh uh, with any speed. But what the IRS does respond to is twofold. One, major media. If there is a front page article in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or, you know, back in the day, Time Magazine or whatever, that motivates them. Mm -hmm. They do not like being publicly humiliated by mainstream mainline media. Two, political pressure, particularly pressure from the oversight committees that have some control over the IRS's budget and the people in Congress who have the ability to dictate or put pressure on the IRS are the ones who need to be speaking. And we say, Lee and I say this all the time because Mm -hmm. people ask us all the time, well, what can we do? Mm -hmm. What what can we do? What can I Mm -hmm. do? Just a guy out here. I don't Mm -hmm. have a podcast. I don't. You can contact your elected representatives and you can ask them to do something about this because you don't like the fact that your tax dollars are subsidizing the abuses of Scientology because that's what it really comes down to. Every person in in this country who is paying taxes, Mm -hmm. which is everybody except, Mm -hmm. I guess, Donald Trump, 
Every person who pays taxes in this country is subsidizing the abuses that Scientology is is engaged in on a daily basis. And that's not right. And a lot of times when I've spoken out publicly on Twitter or other places and said, you know, and made that argument, like, we are paying for this. Mm-hmm. Good paying, good money. Yeah. I make a lot of money. I'm so rich. It's sometimes yeah, you, embarrassing. You, but, uh, like, you don't even touch your cater waiter money. I heard you and Jay I don't. Right just kick that's, it on the just, <laughs> that's just my private account. Yeah, yeah she's, just living off the, she's just I living off the interest of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... But uh, the response is always like, well, the Catholic Church and the abuse there. And I'm always like, yeah, it's not an either or situation. And <laughs> like, they're, by, by the way, both end. They're not they're not the same in, in the way we detailed the differences between the Catholic Church yeah. and Scientology. They are right. not. Yeah. They are not. Yeah. Even in the no, but there are abuses yeah. in the Catholic Church. And the of church course. I grew up and guess in, what? You know. And guess what? That you don't have priests showing up to your house, going through right. your garbage. And there's not a part of the Catholic Church that is going after destroying your life and your family's life. And they are being talked about in the in mainstream media. These abuses are being talked about other than people. People like me and Mike and a very small group of people, right? I mean, it, it's just not the same. Sorry, Mike, did you want to add something? I saw you wanted to say something. No, I was, I was just going to say, and and you're right, June, but there have also been priests that have been criminally prosecuted. That's right. Criminally and civilly. Yes, and that's Nobody not the has same. managed to yes. even sue Scientology and get around the insanity of Scientology forcing everybody to sign contracts. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure I signed something as a caterer. I think you did. I think I, you did. So yeah. if you ever, if did. you ever wanted to actually sue Scientology, you wouldn't be able to because they would they would send you to their. You'd have to be a Scientologist, and they'd send you to back to Scientology. This to might be actually be June's last podcast. She might be. Uh, I mean, that might be different. Before we let you yeah. before yeah. we let yeah, you yeah. go, I, I do, do want to get to that first question yeah, go ahead, about go the ahead. merging of Miss Cabbage and Tom. Yeah, like. Yeah, well, this was that this an overnight is, situation, or was that uh, just you know? No, because that, sometimes when I spend a lot of time with people, I can take on their you know vocal tendencies and sort of rhythms. But how did that happen? They're just best friends. The, no, no, they are they are more than best friends. David Miscavige. What is, are you saying, Mike Rinder? Well. Many people have asked me this question, and I always answer with they're more than just best friends. But I, the implication of that is somehow sexual, and I don't believe that it's sexual. Okay. They are more than best friends because Tom Cruise idolizes David Miscavige. David Miscavige is the epitome of what in Scientology is considered to be attaining the ultimate state of power and freedom and certainty and ability. And he is the pinnacle of Scientology accomplishment. And Tom Cruise believes that he needs to be like David Miscavige. Mm. And David Miscavige believes that he needs to be like David Miscavige in order to continue to control the organization that he controls. He has, look, you, Leah has said this many times, and it's such an important point. You do not understand the power that someone in the position of David Miscavige has. This is not 
a, a studio head. This is like a Saudi a prince yes. or a dictator. This is someone who literally snaps his fingers and says, I want X and X magically appears. I want this. I want that. Get me buy this building, buy that building, do this, do that. Get me a new pair of handmade shoes. That happens. And there is a phalanx of people who are at his beck and call. And Tom Cruise gets that treatment too. He gets that treatment. And, you know, they have... You know, you don't like how your marriage is going, your, you, how your girlfriend is having sex with you. He would send her to Scientology and say, give her notes on how to have sex with me. You, wow. you know, he doesn't like the way you played Paul, football. Please don't send me there. You know, you, <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, no, Angela's probably very disappointed <laughs> that I'm no longer, uh, you know, but you, you don't, he doesn't like the way my husband checked him when playing football. My husband was sent to interrogations because he disrespected Tom by checking him playing a game. So and, I mean, is, it's good. Is Miscavige like, I mean, so he's charming. On some level, there is something that pulls people to him, right? I mean, it's, it's not it's, like it's the it's the it's unchecked power, right? If you're okay. around that, Paul, if you said, you know what, uh, June is uh, she's not. I don't know, man. I just feel like she's, you know, June's gone. June's gone, That's babe. Don't get any and she is, and they have every piece of of dirt on her through her Scientology career. They tell her you. You make one, you know, you say one thing about him derogatory, you go after his money or the houses, you go, you're fucking dead. You're fucking buried. You understand? And it's that, you're around that kind of power like Mike is talking about. It's not like, oh, go get me a latte. It has to be this temperature, you know, Hollywood bullshit. You know, it's not that kind of power. This is the kind of power like to literally destroy somebody on your behalf. It's something that we're just not used to. And Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want to add to this, we were talking about Hollywood and, you know, Tom is repped by one of the biggest agencies in Hollywood, CAA, right? And, you know, although you think they have all this power, you know, I don't really care too much about my career. I think that's pretty evident by the, th- the shit <laughs> that I talk. I'm not, you know, I've been fired from jobs. I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, and I really don't because I care about what's right. And that doesn't always go with. I mean, I've walked off of sets just being disrespected or talked mm-hmm. to a certain way because right. that's the way I was raised. Like I said, I don't. I just can't do that anymore, you know, and I'm blessed to be able to do what I love to do. I mm-hmm. love acting. I don't I don't have to do it. So if you're not going to hire me because you, you know, you're 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 aligning yourself up with the dangerous cult, then fuck you. Don't hire me. I'm going to fuck. But I want to say this about Hollywood though. Hollywood voted for us. They 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 awarded mm-hmm. these courageous people who were on our program over and over again in the three years that we've done the aftermath. And that said everything to us, right, Mike? Like, because it was like, they might not Mm -hmm. be able to say something publicly because they might not be in the position that I'm in where I'm able to do what I love to do and not have to work for this asshole or that asshole. I was like, I'm blessed. But like, I didn't know if Hollywood was really going to, to, to validate their mm. stories by awarding the pro, and they did, and that just meant so much to them. It said, like, you matter. You know what I mean? Even though we're in this world of Hollywood where we might have to kiss this one's ass or kiss that one's ass because you know we need the work. Yeah, you know, like I get, but that said so much about how 
the idea of Scientology has changed, not mm-hmm. just from, from us, because people came before us that deserve so much credit, Going Clear, and all the websites and blogs that people continue to do, Tony Ortega, and mm-hmm. people who, like I said, became before us. They didn't have you to talk to and to help them out and to support them. And so it, it really does mean a whole lot to us. And so wow. I got to give them credit where credit's due. That's beautiful. And I know we're joking around about whether or not I'm going to be cast in a Tom Cruise film, but truly, um, I'm tech avail for, uh, for here until we'll whenever. Look, doing two so, of them back to back. But I, uh, I want to really thank you, Mike and Leah, for, for uh, so much, for you. doing this thank work. Thank you, guys. And yeah. for publicly, you know, complicating our understanding of what this is and for crediting all the people who came before you when this conversation had no place anywhere. The Um, show is fantastic and you show so many sides. And I I think about the side, uh, even where you have brought on people from the Jehovah's Witness is to talk about that. One of our good friends, Jerry Minor, you know, it was amazing to see him on there. I love Jerry. And yeah. And so, so you really do an amazing job. And I think it really is uh, watch this show read your book, re- get involved, get interested in this. Uh, yes. Really and what is, I heard from Leah Mike today was also call your, um, call your representatives. Five calls yes. is a great app to do that. It's super easy. It's an app you can download on your phone. You make five calls every day and ask them what's going on with the IRS. Why does Scientology still have their tax exempt status? And why are we all paying for uh, exactly. this widespread abuse? Thank you so yes. much for coming on. You guys, Leah. Thank, thank you, was you. Well, thank for having you us. So Enjoy your cabin. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Wait I will not be making the bed. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> that was fascinating. Uh, really great to talk to them, and thank you for being a part of this. Uh, we will continue to drop episodes like this when we feel it's appropriate, much like our Nithya Raman episode. By the way, if you're looking for a little bit of uh, follow up on that, Nithya did win her city council seat and is already doing an amazing job in her short period of time in office. So uh, we thank you for being here for these different episodes. And we encourage you to listen to the Fair Game podcast and to check out the Scientology and its Aftermath series, uh, which you can now find on Netflix. And uh, if you want to know more about Leah's story, definitely pick up her book, Troublemaker. Um, All right. We'll see you next, actually, in a couple of days for a brand new mini episode, which is like the normal ones. See you soon. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.